0: You're
1: listening to 105.9 The Region and welcome to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez and my co-host and the expert on all matters real estate is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Hello, Asif. Hey, Tina. So let's, let's talk about um, what you've observed out there. What has it been? Because I know off the air we spoke about how busy it's been.
2: It's been so busy, and I think we've been anticipating uh, this last-minute rush for 2017 as spring and summer, uh, you know, sales declined, prices were pretty stagnant, but. But we knew this was coming. So it's, uh, it's a welcomed addition to 2017 because usually by this time it's pretty quiet. So, you know, what we're seeing is people that were sitting on the fence uh, or, over the summer months or the spring months, uh, people that uh, there was a lot of uncertainty about the market, what's going to happen. And now consumer confidence has returned to the marketplace. And, and you're seeing that. You're seeing a lot of properties sell. You're seeing uh, people confident and in, in listing their places right now. And it's been great. Great news for uh, Toronto real estate.
1: And is that unusual for this time of year to see that kind of movement?
2: it is usually by now you're seeing the tail end of the year and especially as we get into December and it's Christmas time you know people are starting to take some time off and and thinking of listing late January or February and and beat the spring market but right now you're seeing a lot of activity and you're seeing houses that have been on sale for 120 days or 90 95 days starting to move now because the buyer traffic has returned, and and this is great. And, and even for people that couldn't buy in the hot market, like if you think of all the people that flip properties, January to April, they couldn't buy any properties because you couldn't get a deal. And if you're overpaying or, or you know paying over asking for a property, it's hard for uh, you know people that are flipping properties to make any money because you're giving up your profitability right off the top. So we've, we've seen now with a more balanced market in place, you're starting to see them come back into it too. And that's a great boost for our industry as a whole and, and the economy as a whole because they're spending money at the Home Depots and Lowe's and Canadian Tires and, and they're putting more money back into the economy and it's great to see. So it really is a ripple effect. It is. It sure is.
1: So is that what you were seeing earlier in the year that everything was just overpriced and it was just too hot?
2: Well, overpriced, I mean, the prices pretty much stay the same. Market price doesn't really change. It goes up a steady, you know, five, six, eight percent per year. What we saw earlier on was a supply and demand issue. There was no supply and demand was so high that people were paying more for that home just, just to get into a home. So the multiple offer phenomenon uh, lasted until about April when the government stepped in and, and made some changes. What those did was they didn't really address the supply and demand uh, or anything like that but they scared people and and people started sitting on the fence wondering you know, when the other shoe will drop and then the interest rate hikes came and, and still nothing happened. So now you're seeing all these people that were sitting on the fence return to the market. The only difference right now is that there's a lot more inventory than there was in January. So although the buyers are out there, now you've accumulated some inventory to satisfy them so it's a more balanced market
1: and is that era or that time of the multiple offer um the multiple market is it is it over it, uh, it it will
2: probably return late january early february because it depends on how inventory will be like if we get a lot of inventory r- used up right now uh you know we we may see that again it, it's an annual thing and it's usually a january to march type of thing whereas before The market was so heated; the demand was high. We had no supply throughout the year. Let's say in 2016, Uh, pretty much you had multiple offers heading into November, December. So you're starting to see uh, that uh, tail off a bit now. So you know you have one offer on a property. You have to be priced properly. You can't just price it low and hope to to get extra. You can't just price it high and think someone's going to pay you what your neighbors got in January. You have to be priced at market value, and, and it takes a lot of digging and research and, and positioning your property in order for you to be able to sell it. So, you know, gone are the times where you could just put your property up 100000 less than uh, what your neighbors had sold for and get 100000 more. Now you need a professional opinion and uh, evaluation to to determine if your property is going to sell at that price or not.
1: Can you share with our listeners what you're noticing in uh, the REMAX offices right now? What kinds of properties are selling? What has kept you busy these these last few weeks? You know, luxury
2: properties have uh, made a huge rebound. So, you know, you would think in a time of uncertainty, people wouldn't be moving up, but they're still, they're selling their semis in their towns and they're moving up to detached, larger homes. We've sold a lot of, uh, you know, million-dollar-plus homes over the last uh, little while just because the demand is there for that. And, you know, everything kind of steps up. So you have people selling their smaller homes, moving up to larger homes. Then you have the people that are in the larger homes Moving to condos or smaller bungalows, so it, it's kind of like the cycle of real estate. So, you know, once once it starts, you start to see every uh, type of property start moving because it's it's like a circle.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, when we come back, someone who buys, renovates, and sells again, we take a close look at the business of flipping. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties.
2: Thank you, Tina. Joining us now is someone who buys, renovates and sells property, Mark Kalichia with Good Life Developments. Mark, welcome to the show.
3: Hi, Asif. Thank you very much.
2: Mark I know that, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been, uh, uh, you know, the, the, I guess the term is flipping properties, but uh, how many years have you been doing this?
3: Uh, I've been in it for about 10 years now.
2: Wow. And how many homes do you do roughly in a year?
3: Um, I, I try to get three projects in a year.
2: That's great. So, so each home takes you about three to four months, I guess, to uh, prep and sell, right?
3: Definitely, because, uh, you, you know, you also have to factor in the, the closing time. That's right. So to get, that's the, right. to get the project done, it might take you about two months, but uh, then you have to sell it and wait for it to close.
1: Mark, can you take us through the process? How do you, how do you go from buying to renovating to selling it again?
3: Well, uh, you have to, you know, keep your eyes open always. You know, I'm always, you know, looking for the right project. And, uh, you know, with the competition that's out there, definitely keeps you on your toes at the end of the day, uh, any project will work as long as the numbers work out. And, uh, that's something you need to keep in mind is, uh, you know, you need to factor in all the, uh, the, the hidden fees that people don't think about, like land transfer fees and lawyer fees and, you know, real estate fees and HST, uh, income tax, about capital gains, all those things come into play. So at the end of the project, uh, you are actually on the plus side and, uh, know, sometimes that doesn't work out.
2: <laughs> That's interesting because, you know, usually when we're showing properties, we're looking at it from a client's perspective and it's a very emotional decision. But from just listening to what you just said, with you, it, there's no emotion involved at all. It's, it's just basically numbers.
3: Well, the numbers need to work out. I mean, there is emotion involved in the sense that, you know, I, I feel passionate about any project that I take on. I do love doing what I do. Uh, but with that being said it is very uh you know hard at times and you know it it's not as simple as, as throwing everything you have at one project and saying well it's done now and I'd like to make 200,000 uh because the uh the comps might not support that and at the end of the day you might end up losing more than you thought you were gaining.
1: So Mark what kind of skills do you bring to the table or you know did you come from the trades or are you from the real estate world where did you come from and how did you get into this?
3: Well, I've always been kind of interested in uh, working with my hands, and I used to sell high-end kitchens and baths. And I would hear of people's success stories and failure stories. And uh, back in about 2008, the right opportunity presented itself to me, and I, uh, I I took a chance, and I ended up loving it. And I haven't looked back since.
1: And you've been successful at it. Uh, I've
3: uh, I, I'm successful now. You know, it's definitely a a bit of a bumpy road, ups and downs, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a learning curve, if you will, um, because there's so many variables that come into play. You know, you are managing a business um, and, you know, with that being said, you're you know managing a lot of trades and you have to know how to speak to them sometimes uh, to make things work. You also have to make sure you don't get taken advantage of and you also have to make sure you take good care of your guys because at the end of the day, without them, you are nothing.
2: That's true. And, and you know, a key point there, Mark, is uh, learning the trade. We we hear so many horror stories about people that, you know, watch a little too much HGTV and <laughs> think that they can uh, think that they can jump into it and flip a property because they've seen how easy it is on TV. But there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And, and I would say there's more people than not that have lost money on this because they've jumped in without knowing what to do. Can you share a little bit about, uh, you know, what could go wrong?
3: Well, let's see, Uh, you know, back when I started out uh, a few projects in, I was just trying to keep my crew busy, and I ended up taking a project that uh, the numbers didn't, uh, you know, support right off the get-go. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I had a project that, that, you know, everyone loved. I kept on, you know, getting many complaints, oh, we love this house, it's the best house we've seen, but it ended up costing me $40,000, so... Seven months later to sell it and at a loss of $40,000 was definitely a hard pill to swallow.
1: That must have been a learning experience for sure.
3: It most definitely was. <laughs>
2: wow. So th- there's a lot of planning that goes into these uh, properties that have to be flipped. Now, when you're looking at a property, do you do you have certain... Uh, you know, like each builder has a little trademark or something that they want to put into each home. Do you have any of those? And and when you're evaluating a property, what are you looking for? Is it space? Is it size? Is it just your personal vision going in that you can kind of see things beyond the walls?
3: Well, my trademark seems to be the open concept uh, bungalow with the vaulted ceiling. Uh, Everyone seems to love that that great open space from the minute you open the door. Um, It usually is... uh, you know, if you don't hear, wow, within the first five seconds, it's coming in the next five.
2: And that's true, because I, I've I've seen some of the houses that Good Life Developments has has renovated. And so, I mean, I, you work in a lot of the, the bungalows and, and even in uh, in Markham Village. I know you've done some in the Raymerville where you've gone in and pretty much gutted the main floor and repositioned the kitchen and everything to make it open concept. And, and it's it's something that's unique and it stands out in the neighborhood because you don't have a lot of these properties. Is that the main idea to make it stand out from the rest or, you know, do you feel that conformity with the area plays a key as well?
3: Um, Well, you know, you want it to kind of blend in, but definitely, uh, you you know, you want to make your mark. I I don't try to make it look different than, than everyone else's. It just ends up working out that way. And I think a big part of it is that I do everything with passion. So uh, everything's done 100% um, and, and it translates to a uh, an amazing looking product.
1: So Mark, you shared a story about early on in your career where you had to take a loss. Has there been a story where you, you really made the big bucks and you were able to, to flip it and make that big profit?
3: uh most definitely i guess re- you know most recently in the in the last you know year or two where you know it seemed like the 7 year 8 year cycle was right at the top and uh you know it it didn't really it didn't seem to do matter what you did you're just you know making money it was uh it was kind of hard not to uh i i remember uh you know taking on one project in the port union area um or, or yeah Roonshale, port port union uh, and everyone telling me I'm crazy for you know the numbers just didn't work out, but I I had a vision. I I, I thought for sure this place was going to work out, and it ended up being my uh, my greatest success as of yet.
2: That's awesome. That's a that's a great story. Yeah. And how about uh, capital gains? Now, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, you know capital gains being uh, involved in flips now, and, and the government really tightening up on them. So you basically have to have a budget. To uh, you know, allocate towards the taxes and
3: and any other expenses. You, you you most certainly do. Uh, you know, I like to sleep at night, so uh, I prefer to just pay the government their due, and uh, and not have any problems later on in life because they'll find you. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, So what advice do you have for someone? As Asif said, lots of us think, you know, we watch those TV shows and we can make this happen. What advice do you have for someone who wants to get into this game?
3: Hmm. Make sure it's what you want. You know, if you don't love doing it, then, then you should not.
1: And how did you know this is what you wanted to do cuz you said you came from sort of a different area still in the the home building, you know, uh area but how did you know that this was what you wanted to do?
0: Well, I,
3: like I said, after dipping my feet and and liking the water, I uh I just dove in. And for me, it, it I could only see myself doing this from now on. I I love it. I love I love every aspect of it. The design, the build, uh, you know moving on from from project to project that uh, presents their own different challenges it's it's just something i love i couldn't imagine doing anything else
2: mark i'm going to add one more to that to say you know people that are thinking of getting into this and are are brand new at it they need to have some money put aside because there are always surprises
3: uh, it's definitely not a poor man's game as if uh, you know you could get caught off guard so many different ways, you know, you open up a wall thinking, oh, well, I need to, to remove this wall to give it that that great space. And then you end up finding a whole can of worms and uh, who knows where that could end up taking you. You could end up finding someone else's botched work and, and realizing that the house shouldn't even be standing. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: Yeah. A whole yeah. can of worms, someone else's botched work. There's lots to find behind those walls. Mark, thank you for joining us.
3: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: When we come back, now that you know how to flip, what about financing? Those details are coming up. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com and click on On the Market section. Stay with us. You're listening to 1059 The Region. 105.9 Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you,
2: Tina. You know, we heard a lot of great information from uh, Mark there about flippers, and and joining us now uh, with some financing options for flippers is Cindy Mason with the Mortgage Domain. Cindy, welcome to On the Market. Thank you, Asif. Cindy, I know there's uh, many products out there that uh, people that flip homes uh, can utilize. Can you touch on a few different options for us?
4: Uh, absolutely. Um, the first question that I get from um, clients who are looking to do this type of financing is they're, they're looking for fully open mortgages. They're trying to avoid um, penalties and that kind of thing. So um, typically they will look for something that won't have a penalty when they ultimately sell the property. So So the first discussion I have with them is how long they expect the flip to take. So uh, typically open mortgages have higher interest rates than closed mortgages, and there's a reason for that. The bank wants to make sure they're going to make money off of uh, the open mortgages as well. So if they're planning to flip it within a few months, an open mortgage is usually a very good option for them because it will avoid a penalty. If they're planning to keep it... You know if it's going to take some time to to fix it up and and you know six months or more, they may want to consider um, you know maybe a variable rate mortgage where the penalty will only ever be a three months interest uh, penalty and um, but they would actually save money in the interest rate because a close a closed mortgage will have a lower interest rate. So I usually work out some calculations for them um, through our discussion to find out what makes the most sense. Paying the penalty or have a having a fully open mortgage.
2: That's a great point because uh, a lot of times people don't take this into consideration, and we've heard horror stories where people went in with a five year closed uh, term. and when they went to flip their home, I think their penalty was in the twenty twenty three thousand dollar range. Wow, and uh, that ate up all the profit that they were making on these flips. so great, great idea with the open mortgages.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, or even even a variable rate closed, a five year or shorter term closed mortgage. You're, you, the chances of having one of those crazy penalties will be less in a shorter term. What kind as of rate? Well, and what a variable? Kind
1: of, what kind of rates are we looking at then for an open and a closed? Just a, a average, no specifics, obviously.
4: Um, a closed mortgage five year fixed is going to be around the three percent. Um, Two year, you know, high twos. Uh, a closed mortgage. Um, can be around 5 6% sometimes. Um, you mean, you mean another product open, that
2: the open mortgage would yeah, be 5 it, to 6
4: It's going to be higher for sure. Um, so sometimes, depending on how long they're going to keep that property, that, the difference in the interest that they would be paying closed versus open um, far outweighs any penalty they might have. So the trick is to kind of get a balance um, and, and really look ahead to, to what the plan is with the flip.
2: So it's almost like you have to sit down with the the company or the person that's flipping these homes and and have a, a game plan in place prior uh, to say, you know, how many homes are you going to flip in, in the year and, and what type of product are we going to offer you because it's not really one product fits all.
4: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there, there are some banks who offer line of credit products. Um, those are fully open uh there the only restriction there is that it can only be 65% of the value of the property that can be in uh, a line of credit the interest rate on that is typically um prime plus a half to prime plus 1 so lower than the closed or sorry the um the fixed open term this is going to be a revolving open term uh, line of credit but again you you're stuck within that 65% range
1: and isn't it tough to Together. determine if you're if you're going in if this is, you know, maybe your first or second time that you've wanted to flip a home? Um, isn't it tough to determine if it's going to take me 3 or 6 or 8 months to to turn this property around? Um, and especially if you're dealing with contractors and trades, there are often delays in in renovations. How do I cover myself? How do I make sure that I'm not paying that huge penalty at the end that eats away at my profits?
4: Um, if you're expecting it to take longer, I would recommend either a variable closed or a shorter term. So if you're thinking it's going to take a year, then maybe maybe do a one-year term. Um, if it's going to take, you know, make, match the term as close as possible to the time frame that you're anticipating. And if you want to be conservative, maybe choose a little bit longer um, just to be safe.
2: Cindy, I've, I've heard of purchase plus financing where... Uh, a borrower can let the bank know what type of work they're going to be doing and the bank will lend them that money as the renovations take place is that something that a flipper could consider
4: um it is the the one thing that i would advise them of again all Um, financial institutions have different types of of programs available for this, but the one thing that I would um, have them keep in mind is that they would have to pay for any improvements up front. So they would get the quote for the work to be done, the mortgage would be approved, but they would actually have to pay for those improvements ahead of time. The bank will hold back the money um, and appraisal will have to be ordered and and completed so that the bank is satisfied. Once they're satisfied that those improvements have taken place, then they get their money back. So if you don't have the money for those improvements, it wouldn't be um, a good idea to proceed with something like that. Maybe if they own another property to refinance that property to get as much equity out for the purchase and do uh, do the improvements themselves.
1: Speaking of good ideas, have you ever said to someone this is not a good idea and given them that advice to say maybe you should sit tight or, or anything like that?
4: It depends on, on the scenario. Everyone's situation is different. I find if people are, you know, they only have 5% down payment, uh, they don't have a lot of assets or available cash flow or even backup from parents, um, that kind of thing, I would definitely not I would tell them, you know, maybe for the first, find find a property that doesn't need as much work.
2: That's what we were just talking about, how uh, HGTV seems to taint people's minds and everyone thinks that they are a flipper and then they get into this with with very little reserve and
1: get into trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, we can all do it ourselves, can't we? (laughs) Yes,
4: exactly. Um, Another mistake that that I find a lot of... um, uh, pe- people make sometimes is not necessarily with flipping, but when they're, if they, you know, they they buy a property, they tear it down and rebuild on it, you know, maybe for the purpose of flipping, um, but don't get the construction financing in place ahead of time. So they think, oh, I have enough money to finance this myself. And through the the process, they run out of money. Now, if you don't start with a bank from the very beginning with the construction um, progress draw financing, um, they will not, they do not like to lend money when you're, when you're partway through the, the job. So that is also very important to have that up front. Now, there are private lenders that will, I guess, bail you out if you, if you end up in that situation, but it's not the most cost-effective way of doing it because it, it is going to be more expensive at that point. It's just it's because it's a riskier loan.
1: Well, lots to think about, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today.
4: You're very welcome. Thank you.
1: As if we only have a few minutes left to take questions from our listeners. Let's start with this question from Christy in Woodbridge. Christy wants to know if now is a good time to sell her home and rent for a while. What do you think?
2: Christy, that's a, a great question. It's a question that we get all the time. And I'm going to say it's never, if you own a home and you're planning on buying another home in the future, it's never a good time to rent in between. Real estate is not a market that you can time. It's not like the stock market where you can time it and, you know, sell high and then buy low. If you're buying and selling, you're you're always going to be in the same type of market. So what you don't want to do is throw money away and rent and then have to come back in and buy higher. Because real estate, especially in the York region or, or Greater Toronto area, you don't see prices declining. So even if you're paying, you know, $2,000 a month in rent and you come back and you have to purchase for 4 or 5% higher than what you sold for, you're going to be out money. So the easy answer to that is no. Let's try to find you a home that you can move into with the equity that you have in your home and keep uh, keep building that equity.
1: So it's not a good idea because she probably thinks, well, I could get a bigger bang for my buck right now. Shouldn't I take advantage of the market and pocket some of that? That's not a good plan?
2: if If Christy wants to get back into the market later, she's gonna be paying more for the house that she wants so uh in that situation, if she's just getting out of the market and maybe downsizing or or uh you know moving in uh with parents or moving in with children, that would be okay you You can sell now and pocket the money, but if you're going to be getting into the market in a year or two, you're gonna be behind the eight ball
1: okay that makes sense. Great perspective. Thank you, Asif. That's why he's the expert. We'll catch up again next week. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening.
0: You can connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion, or you can call us at 416-335-1059, or email info at 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. This is 1059theregion.